Welcome to this episode of Clinically Pressed. In this episode, we are talking with the magicians, and that is Jill O'Brien of O'Brien Physical Therapy and Erica Boland, who's a chiropractor at Cooley Health, and together they team up and make BirthFit Wisconsin. Just a little disclaimer on this one, they get into the weeds on some things um, that some people may or may not be totally comfortable with listening to or talking about, but it is really important. Um, everything is very clean, but still, um, it can be a subject that is a little sensitive to people. But all that being said, what these two are doing, teaming up for women's health and just general pelvic floor health um, overall is really uh, pretty impressive in terms of what they're able to accomplish and trying to break down some stigmas and making sure that people understand that this is a problem and something that can be addressed. Along with that, talking about the collaborations between PTs and chiros and how you can work together is a really pretty powerful thing that comes out of this. Quick shout out to our friends at Paragon uh, Fitness and Nutrition. Definitely check them out. Blue light blocking glasses, night gains, great stuff. Super beneficial to you in terms of getting your health back and getting better sleep and make sure you're optimizing that. Check them out. Use promo code CP15 for 15% off at checkout. And with that, enjoy this episode. It is. See, I'm getting better at this. Job. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to let you take the lead and I'll just answer when you tell me to. You're the expert. So we're here with the magicians. <laughs> just jumping right in. Magicians. Joe O'Brien, PT, Erica Boland, chiropractor. And we're going to get right into uh, their work together and uh, the benefits of their collaboration between chiropractic and PT. What do you got for us? Hi. <laughs> I think just to help clear it up a little bit, like Jill, you just give start? a little bit more background sure. on like what you do, what you specialize in. We've obviously Sweet. done, okay. we've done an episode or two now with Erica and we've got a little bit, but just Joel's a like, happy reminder. She should know what she's doing. She doesn't. Um, hi, I'm Jill O'Brien. Um, I am the owner of O'Brien Physical Therapy, and uh, one of my primary specialties is pelvic health physical therapy. And just to explain a little bit about what pelvic health physical therapy is, um, it kind of started as um, just really treating people with incontinence, cute little old ladies that maybe... Uh, um, maybe had some issues with leaking, but uh, over the last 10 to 15 years, the pelvic health physical therapy world has just really evolved and exploded, which is super exciting. And so uh, now physical therapy, pelvic health physical therapy includes um, treatment um, really of any type of back or hip uh, or pelvic dysfunction as well as treatment of uh, weakness or hypo hypertonicity of the pelvic floor, um, pain with intercourse, and then uh, bowel and bladder dysfunction. And then also um, any type of treatment or anything that would um, help the patient during the uh, pregnancy and postpartum period as well. So I was lucky enough to find Erica um, and start working with her. Uh, and since we've started collaborating together, I feel like my uh, practice has really um, been able to expand a lot uh, and really have been able to help my patients um, just kind of take it to the next level. I think we should tell the story about how we met. 
plate and things up a little. Sure. Speaking of pelvic floor. So Jill found me in a pelvic floor journal club meeting with like basically a naked shitty baby. <laughs> so I was like, I don't even know how. That seems to be how all good yeah. stories start. Super <laughs> new postpartum in this pelvic journal club with basically a bunch of PTs, PTs. and then surgeon mm -hmm. urologist um, yeah multiple physicians and yep mm -hmm. and here i came with my newborn baby and so of course i was the only chiropractor in the room also the newbie also brand new baby and like yeah i got this until my child exploded in his diaper and as i went to the restroom to change him realized that i had no extra diapers or clothes with me so it's like well I can't just leave because half my shit is in there so I wrapped him in his <laughs> I wrapped him in his blanket and went back into the meeting and Jill was like yeah I need to know that girl <laughs> so yeah that's how we met and the rest is history mm -hmm. definitely yeah I mean we've just kept in contact and mm -hmm. I guess felt the pull to work together and to be in the same space and be able to offer that for our patients, like the familiarity of the same space, but then them knowing that we trust each other helps a lot too. So, um, I refer all of literally probably all of my female patients to Jill, um, whether they're trying to conceive or pregnant or postpartum, I start the discussion of why pelvic health is important and I think it's an area that's really overlooked in our country so and it's a piece that I don't in address internally mm -hmm. with my patients you don't necessarily expect to have your pelvic floor internally examined by the chiropractor mm -hmm. a couple throws up a couple red <laughs> flags so yeah um we have found, or I have found, I guess, since starting to work with Jill, that my patients see really good results when they're working with both of us. So mm -hmm. um, as a chiropractor, I do a lot, obviously, with adjustments and also functional movement. But one thing Jill touched on is the hypertonicity or hypotonicity of the pelvic floor. So that basically means if there's too much or too little tone in the pelvic floor and it can... This, both can happen in the same pelvic floor. So I have no way of knowing and both can cause the exact same side effects. So like let's use incontinence mm -hmm. as an example, you can have too much tone in the pelvic floor, too little tone in the pelvic floor and still have incontinence. So Jill does that aspect of it and more. And then that just helps us get better results for our patients. The other day I had a patient that told me that she was able to go and, um, grocery shop with her kids for the first time in years without having to wear a pad Dang. which is like boom yeah i mean like it's pretty life-changing it, it exactly yeah. yeah so for you guys that have a pelvic floor but typically don't experience dysfunction in the same way as females but like you think you relate it to well, i can envision activities. having to wear a pad everywhere and that yeah. would kind of suck so it'd be kind of nice yeah to not exactly to. yeah that's pretty cool especially as a Young thirty. Yeah, year old mom. she's in. Yeah, she's oh. in her thirties. She's not even mm -hmm. advanced maternal age. <laughs> so, do you see most of your problems postpartum, or are you seeing a lot of them before they give birth? Um, we're talking about the female population. Yeah, that's a really good question. I guess in the ideal world. Um, this is going to sound a little out there for this podcast, but in the ideal world, I'd like to be able to do a, you know, pelvic floor assessment on everyone who is trying to conceive, which yeah. sounds a little, you know, crazy, but um, to be able to know their baseline and to be able to know their history, but obviously that's not a uh, real world. And so... Um, a lot of times they will, even if I see them postpartum, they will be able to relate some of their issues um, maybe that they were having even before they conceived. Um, and those issues are maybe just exacerbated um, after they have baby. 
So for one example, um, I had a woman come in who was struggling with both bowel and bladder issues. Um, and she had, it was quite a bit worse after she had baby and um, we started to try to dig deeper into it to try to figure out what was going on. And she ended up having an event um, where she was in high school and she was traveling abroad and she was um, traveling in a country that maybe wasn't safe for her to go to use the bathroom at the train station and ended up having to hold her bladder for probably three to four hours when it was already kind of at its max. And so she literally kind of shut uh, the um, uh, parasympathetic information off to her bladder and she went into bladder retention and struggled for a long time, you know, but then kind of just assumed that this was her new normal and never really related any of her issues that she was having um, back to that when really it was just that she had never really learned how to turn her bladder back on the way that it was supposed to. And so um, I would say most of my patients that I see postpartum, if they're having issues postpartum, there was probably something going on before um, and maybe it was just exacerbated. I mean, unless there was a very traumatic event that happened during pregnancy or birth. Um, but usually there's history of constipation or um, that kind of thing even before baby. Yeah, it's like pregnancy just yeah. exacerbates it. Mm -hmm. When you think about like the postural change and then the disconnect that has to happen, or doesn't have to happen, but happens between diaphragm and pelvic floor and you lose that mm -hmm. stability of the core sometimes and then birth is no different. You have like this nine-month transformation of posture and function and then birth is typically less than 30 hours of a complete transition into a whole different posture mm -hmm. in a new body and all of this so it's like pregnancy is presents to you on a platter the dysfunction you had beforehand mm -hmm. and then postpartum is your opportunity to rehab that but then our society is set up to just drive women into the ground instead of actually heal so um I say the more that I learn about it, the more that I realize that um, a lot of these issues are starting mm -hmm. from a really young age. Mm -hmm. And that was the same with the, the woman that I just talked about with like being able to grocery shop with her kids. Mm -hmm. She was having incontinence before having kids. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a common like myth is that Pregnancy Both does ends. this like, to yeah, you. Yeah, pregnancy does this to you or it's okay, you know, I have to deal with this because I'm female or had a baby or I'm a certain age, um, you know, so. So what are some things that people could do if they are dealing with things maybe before they're conceiving or yeah. maybe on a smaller scale? What do you guys have recommendations for things that people could do to help themselves sooner? See a pelvic health physical therapist and chiropractor. Yeah. Um, I would say every single appointment that I work on breath mm -hmm. with people, just like reconnecting to their diaphragm, not only physically, but also uh, emotionally and metaphysically, I guess. So, and like the functional progression exercises that I use with most of my patients um, are an awesome way to get more familiar both physically and emotionally with, with your body too. I... Um, continuously surprised at the number of women that have just become so disconnected mm -hmm. from their body mentally that it starts to cause physical issues and then that just becomes a cycle. So I think one of the other things um, is that just realizing, and I mean, that's probably, I would say the very common goal between Erica and I, and the reason why we feel like we're going to change the world um, is because what we want to do is educate um, all young women that these things aren't normal and they don't have to suffer and that they don't have to go through this stuff and that usually there's a fairly easy answer to it um, if they are just directed or look in the right place. Um, and so I know that that's kind of a much broader answer than what you were asking, but really just being aware of maybe 
the symptoms that they're having or the issues that they're having and realizing that those aren't normal. I think that's really the first step. I've worked actually with a lot of um, female athletes, um, more specifically uh, like cross-country runners who um, leak at mile eight. You know, they're totally fine. They're these young, fit, you know, muscular females and they're fine until they get to, you know, mile eight and then they'll start leaking. And so that's not really something that a, you know, college female athlete might want to share or um, might want to um, admit is happening. Uh, but that's really a huge dysfunction of her pelvic floor, her hip stabilizers or her hip strength. And so recognizing and talking about it and, you know, having their athletic trainers realize that it's an issue um, and being open to talking about it and at least directing them into the right place. So that might be the, a classic example of someone who, you know, just kind of puts that in the back of their mind and chalks it up to normal. But then 10 years later when she has a child and she's having issues afterwards, um, you know, hopefully she'll meet someone, a pelvic health physical therapist or chiropractor that digs a little deeper and realizes that she was maybe having dysfunction before this and not necessarily to just blame it on the motherhood transition. So when you talk about um, sometimes you'll see it in hips and low backs, mm -hmm. is there any way that you have seen for people to know that if they're dealing with a hip issue or low back pain, that maybe it is coming from the pelvic floor as opposed to from those areas? Yeah, I mean, um, you could look at it both ways. There's a lot of people that really just have hip dysfunction and hip weakness and they end up having pelvic floor issues. So um, in the young athletic population, a lot of times it presents as um, an actual hypertonic pelvic floor. So a pelvic floor that doesn't shut off. And some of that is happening because they do have hip and core weakness. And so they're using their pelvic floor muscles to stabilize. Well, then they're holding onto their pelvic floor muscles for so long um, it's, you know, almost in a, in a sense, it almost becomes an overuse injury. Um, and they can end up having pain. They can end up having pain with intercourse. And then those muscles are just so fatigued and wiped out that when they get to mile eight, they finally fail in fatigue. And then that's when they start leaking. And so a lot of times I'll see in that young athletic population, and even a lot of times in the younger moms, they actually have more of an issue with a hypertonic pelvic floor than they even do a, weak, uh, a lengthened weak pelvic floor. So they have a really tight weak pelvic floor versus a lengthened weak pelvic floor. Um, and so um, I would say, you know, clear the hip. And if there's not, if you don't really see that much going on in the hip, but they're still complaining of pelvic floor issues or, or vice versa, um, I guess the, the biggest thing I would say is just be willing to talk about it. You know, be willing to ask those questions and have an open line of communication uh, with those people so they feel like they have somewhere safe to go um, to talk about it because it's something that actually can be fixed really easily, but that can turn into something pretty nasty if it doesn't get addressed sure. appropriately. I think it's um, important to realize, too, that there's so much, there's so many differences in PTs and so many differences in chiropractors and um, say you're hiring in the motherhood transition with BirthFit and the BirthFit professional seminar. And we talk about like this woman or family is hiring their birth team. So if you're seeing her when she's pregnant or postpartum, you're part of her birth team. Um, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily in the room when the baby is there, but you're, you're part of these goals so it's also, it's important for us to remember that from a physician perspective or professional perspective, but also important for women to become more educated on that being a choice. So if you're not happy with someone on your birth team, then you have every right to hire someone else down to the chiropractor and PT. So if you're not getting results and you're not getting better and something like doesn't feel right or make sense to you, then just like you wouldn't open up and talk to a psychologist that you don't mesh with, you're not going to do the same with your Cairo or your PT. So um, just continuing to reach out and look for that. And with the BirthFit Professional Seminar, 
Um, I emphasize too the ability for us to work together within professions as well. So like Jill has a niche with her pelvic health. So she may have other PTs that don't work so strongly in pelvic health that refer to her for pelvic health. That doesn't mean the patient can't go right back to them for something else. Same thing with chiropractors in our area. I'll get referrals for doing more of the movement and rehab portion, whereas other chiropractors are strictly adjusting. That's totally fine, but it's really important that someone on the team is addressing all components and looking at the body as a whole because Jill's example of the the collegiate athlete that is self-conscious about leaking urine, which is something that as a woman you relate to like old women, um, and she shuts down and, and doesn't want to talk about that, eventually that just becomes like mm-hmm. pain during intercourse and then it just exacerbates because that becomes a mental issue and an emotional trigger and all of that. So I would say... That's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, I would <laughs> I say to... That actually. Yeah, I would say to... Um, Make sure that you're really comfortable with who is on your care team and and looking at it from the aspect of like you're hiring these people to work for you. They're basically your employees, your care providers. So, mm-hmm. so is there any way to be able to tell for the patient um, if it's weak and hypertonic or weak and hypotonic or if they're type a no i'm just kidding no honestly (laughs) but seriously you're not not wrong (laughs) no that actually you kind of just nailed it actually um that's a really good question i would say i kind of um you know without trying to lead yourself too much during an evaluation you kind of um start to put people in categories. I mean, I I think that's just a pretty normal thing that healthcare providers do. Um, But if they have a history of, so let's say you have two patients who are both suffering from um, incontinence, but you have one patient who has had a history of constipation, history of pain, history of pain with intercourse, has difficulty with... um, annual exams or the use of a speculum Um, or then you have someone who has maybe had um, fecal leakage or other issues, um, instability type issues, Um, you can kind of start to put them into a different category of a hypertonic pelvic floor. So a tight weak pelvic floor versus a lengthened weak pelvic floor. So I think it's a lot easier probably to pinpoint people who have a hypertonic, short, weak pelvic floor um, because they typically will have other symptoms of constipation, pain with intercourse, um, and that sort of thing. Most of them, this is a huge generalization, but most of them would probably be in the type A category. Well, and... I mean, eventually you can have someone that has the weak, mm-hmm. long, or weak, yeah, mm-hmm. pelvic floor, start to have a tight, weak pelvic floor because your body is a beautiful compensator. So if you're, if you have this instability and then you start to mm-hmm. contract in order, like basically Kegel in order to avoid it, then you end up with in the opposite realm. So I think over time, what I've seen is the longer that it goes on, the more that originally this may have been something that would just need a little more activation. And now we have an onion of Mm -hmm. there needs to be activation in some areas and relaxation in some areas and your diaphragm is inhibited and you need more movement. So, I mean, I think the question that you're getting at is like, how do people that are listening know and unless they're extremely familiar with what their pelvic floor looks and feels like prior to symptoms, mm-hmm. then they're probably not going to know exactly what's going on. And that's super uncommon because there's a lot of shame around that sort of exploration. Um, but it can be very healing for women as well. So, yeah. So you, mentioned the k-word kegels Mm -hmm. i think we have to talk about it 
good, bad? Are they they acceptable in certain circumstances? What are you guys' stance on that? So Kegels have their place. Um, I would say that I uh, probably over issued them, over offered them as I was starting out as a pelvic health physical therapist. Um, and maybe it was appropriate for that patient population that I was seeing then to more appropriate. But um, I always give the analogy of a biceps um, curl. And so you obviously can't see this right now, but if you imagine just doing a I biceps you were gonna, curl. Like, say you can't see you keeling or something. <laughs> It's like, well, where are we going? Where's this? Video is yeah. off. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so <laughs> if you think about doing a biceps curl, the goal of the biceps curl <laughs> family friendly would, would be to do the biceps curl through a full range of motion. So full elbow extension to full elbow flexion. And how I use this analogy is if you had something that was if you had someone that was only doing the biceps curl in the last, you know, 80 to 90% of the range, so their elbow is flexed almost to end range, and you just do little tiny bicep curls there, I can... Working on that peak. Yeah. 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 So maybe that is appropriate in some cases. I think it depends on what you're going for. Aesthetics? Definitely not in the athletic function. Okay, thank you. Sorry. (laughs) So that's good. Um, So (laughs) if... If you strengthened in that position and that's all you did, all you did, but then you had to do a task where you had to fully extend um, your elbow and pick something up, you would be very weak from full elbow extension to that 80, you know, 80% of um, elbow flexion. And so I explain that in the same way with the pelvic floor. If you have someone who has a hypertonic pelvic floor and they're holding on to their pelvic floor the whole time, they might have symptoms of weakness such as incontinence um, or instability. But if you give that person a Kegel exercise, um, you are really just going to completely explode them and exacerbate their symptoms and make everything worse because you're trying to strengthen a muscle that's already in too much of a shortened position. So the most important thing that you could do is really teach them to use their diaphragm to drop their pelvic floor um, to really be able to la- relax their pelvic floor all the way back down to kind of a neutral baseline. And then at that point, our bodies are so freaking amazing that sometimes our body just takes over. And once you learn how to fully relax your pelvic floor, um, it just it knows and it learns that it has to fire again appropriately. Sometimes, however, once you teach them how to fully relax their pelvic floor, then at that point they may need low-level, you know, strengthening, which is the Kegel in a sense. Now I like to call it a pelvic floor muscle contraction. I'm trying to get away from the yeah, using words the are term like Kegel. So sensitive to people, and so um, I don't know how many times I've had people come in. Um, and say, well, I've been doing my Kegels, you know, but it's not working. And most of the time they're doing them incorrectly, but then also a lot of the time they probably have a hypertonic pelvic floor and they're just strengthening in that last kind of 80 to 90% and they're not allowing their muscle to work through the full range of motion. So the pelvic floor is just a muscle group, just like any other muscle group in the body. We just like to sometimes put a black box over it. Sure. And our goal is to remove the box. <laughs> Sounds so many, like a hashtag. So, yeah. many, <laughs> so many puns this podcast already. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't ever, the only time that I ever recommend anybody, because I'm not doing internal work, so I have no idea what's going on internally um, until Jill tells me, then the only time I use it is for someone to f- you to feel a full relaxation, mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. contract and then be able to fully relax. Um, at the DNS Women's Health course that I did, I just did the most recent one in Denver and then had done one previously in April. And both times she mentioned that she thinks that the biggest issue with the pelvic floor is the ability to relax, which when you just look at the general population, mm-hmm. I would say that's probably... Mm-hmm. True across the board for males and females. Um, 
I don't really know what relaxation is, but so yeah. is that why people get called a tight ass? Mm-hmm. Boom. Well, that's a good point because <laughs> yeah. how do you know if they're kegeling with their rectum or yeah. with their I'm, I glute don't. muscles? I don't. Yeah, glutes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um, there's a really good exercise for relaxation you can try. Kyle, you know this one. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It's called the knife edge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that just sounds like yeah. it's going to be fun. Yeah. No, so, um, that's a horrible sit. name for an exercise. You're <laughs> yeah. telling somebody Speaking to of naming relax. stuff. But yeah. you can um, roll. Like, let me dig in your sores with this knife edge thing and I'm relax, going in there with. Relax. And then just right. chill. Relax yeah. about it. Relax <laughs> about it. So if you sit with your back up against the wall and you roll, if you tightly roll a yoga mat up and then you basically like straddle it. So you're sitting in the straddle pose and you put it in between ischial tubes and sit on it and think about breathing down into your belly and relaxing your pelvic floor into that mat. And then you can move upwards in resistance. So what that looks like is moving from a tightly rolled yoga mat to, well, I guess the first step would be to just sit upright on ischial tubes, like spread your cheeks, sit on your sit bones and breathe into your pelvic floor. Then sitting on a yoga mat, then sitting on a yoga block, then sitting on a wooden yoga yoga block, which is like the ultimate challenge. Um, but helps to relax the external muscles around it as well while simultaneously breathing. And it can be challenging to get up. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's one that we we practiced in DNS, and I've used it with a couple of women, and I think it's good feedback mm-hmm. for them to feel where they're supposed to relax. Yeah. So um, something you touched on with mm. pain during intercourse. So when we talk about like pelvic floor dysfunction in general, typically people think of prolapse or incontinence and like statistically speaking that's where the research is at when we talk about core and pelvic floor dysfunction or pelvic floor dysfunction rates they're looking at incontinence and prolapse when there's actually like jill said pelvic pain pain during intercourse low back pain there's all these other factors that are actually pelvic floor dysfunction that i think that while the rates currently say it's 33 percent one in three um, I think they're, they would be much, much higher than that. And we're one of the only countries that doesn't automatically mm-hmm. refer to a pelvic floor PT postpartum. Um, so, you know, this is like a total, could be a total tangent, but when you look at birth as a business, even then it doesn't make sense that we're not referring women for pelvic floor physical therapy postpartum. Mm-hmm. Like even with birth as a business, it doesn't make sense, but it's not, it's not really happening across the board. So you, uh, one of the topics was standards that need to be set yeah, for women's health. One. What, what are the standards? I assume. That I would say, I mean, I'm not even a PT, I'm a chiropractor, but I would say that every single woman needs access, not just needs the referral, but needs access to care because that's a total different topic as well, but needs access to a pelvic floor PT, especially postpartum. So how many of you are there, Jill? How many pelvic, <laughs> pelvic health PTs? Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean... How many Jills? <laughs> no, I know there's one and only Jill. One. And we're yeah. very fortunate here. I agree. But um, like, um, is it that's a really pretty good common question. for people to have in like, larger areas? or? Um, that's a really good question. I feel like any larger healthcare institution um, has... Um, definitely has pelvic health PTs. I mean, it's it's really expanding and it's really exploding right now, which is awesome. Um, I definitely think the the weakness comes in, and I would say that this is probably true for any health profession um, in the rural communities or smaller towns where there might be a pelvic health PT or someone, not even a pelvic health PT, someone that might be tagged the pelvic health PT or provider in that, you know, general area because they read an article or maybe, like you women's know, health yeah, automatically gets right pigeonholed as a pelvic health expert, right. which is totally And different. so that person is not intending to do any harm whatsoever and is, you know, really probably has the best interest of the patient at heart, but might actually be giving them, you know, 
inadequate or maybe incomplete information um, just because of how um, how in-depth the pelvic floor is and how how complicated the diagnosis and the treatment could be. And so I think there's definitely a need for more and just for continued um, in-depth education. I would say if you are a patient, being sure that uh, when you're going to someone specifically for pelvic health dysfunction, um, that you really make sure that they are credentialed and that they really know what they're doing because someone could say that they're, you know, offering pelvic floor, pelvic health services, but might not have the adequate education. So one of the questions um, that we, when I do consults with women via the phone, via BirthFit, um, I'll, I'll get questions all the time about well, how do I find a good pelvic floor PT or how do I find a good chiropractor? And literally, one of the big questions is, does the pelvic floor PT or women's health PT do internal work? Mm -hmm. Because it's also surprising the number of women's health PTs, in my opinion, that mm -hmm. I find um, or that um, clients or patients find that aren't doing internal work. And so then you have to ask why, like what's, you know, is that, a great is that question a situation? Because that is level one, like level one of pelvic PT education is internal exam. And so regardless of what organization or institution you're trained through. And so if they're not doing internal work, that's a really pretty good indication that they probably don't have the um, education that they need to be treating pelvic health dysfunction. Yeah. And when you think about the hamster wheel that women are on already with trying to seek help and it's a sensitive t topic and then to have to like keep re-explaining it to people and you just start to lose a little bit of faith and like like you said if you're properly trained and you have the tools and you're exposing yourself to continued education as a professional for your patient no matter what profession you're in then you can better speak to them instead of another person then they'll they'll more understand that there is help that it is you know there's help out there. Um, it's not a end result that they're stuck with this forever, but every time that they see someone and they don't get help, it's it's exhausting when they already, the population we're talking about has kids mm -hmm. or they are trying to have kids. So there's so much going on already. And then to, to have another appointment and another intake and another need to explain the whole situation all over again. And then again. another episode of care where you don't get better. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, I loved the idea of having all of this for our, for our patients in, under one roof and then have actually having it happen. It's awesome. I love the energy of it. Um, I literally, I was in Texas last week and I got a question about um, a male that was having some pelvic floor, long-term pelvic floor issues, chronic, and is like so fed up and so exhausted mm -hmm. with the system that he's been put through that I was like, you know, I'd get on a consult with Jill and can tell you my full vote of confidence that if you have to travel to see her with, for an extended visit, I would. And the person that was telling me this was that said he's willing to go where he needs to go in order to just get help. So you might have to put a little bit of time and energy into searching, but I'm happy to answer an email on like, do you know anyone near me, the birth fit, um, professional, referral page or birthfit.com professional referral page is an awesome place to look for both chiropractor and a PT because we have certain standards that need to be met before they're accepted that way. And then you know that they're trained with birthfit, birthfit methodology as well. But yeah, it's, it's been a really exciting, what feels like still a beginning, but has been happening for so long. <laughs> Crushing it. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So are there other standards or is that kind of like the uh, basic oh. one to kind of build off? And 
I mean, you guys kind of hit the gist of it. I would say that was kind of all encompassing. Like the collaboration and care is huge. We've got so many people just like whacking moles, trying to treat pain rather than like, what's this, what's Mm -hmm. globally going on um, and communication. And people ask me all the time, how do you find a PT that you like to work with? And I'm sure PTs would probably ask the same of Jill with like, how did you find Mm -hmm. a chiropractor that you were willing to move in next door to? Um, and I think it was, it wasn't about her like, oh, hey, yeah, you do exactly what I want you to do. And you totally agree with everything I say. It was like, here's why I do what I do. And I want to know about what, why you do what you do. And like the ability to be open to feedback and learning from one another has allowed me to grow a lot more as a chiropractor. Um, and I've learned a ton from her. So it isn't finding exactly my right fit. It was finding someone else that wanted to grow in their own knowledge for the betterment of the patient, but then also um, setting a standard locally and honestly, nationally, globally for other professionals to work together this way. Yeah, I've learned a ton from Jill through you, even just <laughs> Eric will come home I, and talk about <laughs> So yeah. that's cool. I've, uh, I just think this is awesome. I, I talked to some of my colleagues and, um, you know, they kind of are, they just at first are very surprised that I've moved in next door to a chiropractor. And I think, you know, in the, in the past, uh, we chiropractors and PTs, um, you know, I think we just need to address the elephant in the room. I mean, I just don't, I think they used to butt heads, but I mean, when you get down to it, our patients are going to continue to see both of us and there we both have so much to offer them and I have just seen such amazing um, responses from patients when they realize that you're willing to um, you know work with their chiropractor and their provider Um, and I've learned a ton from you guys too I mean I have pretty much fully implemented the functional progression into you know, the majority of my exercise programs that I give and have changed quite a, quite a few, um, quite a few things that I teach my patients. And I've just been able to see the, see the improvement so much faster. So it's been, yeah, it's That's been cool. pretty amazing. <clears throat> Jill got There's her first adjustment. There's always a stigma. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to break through. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing with you. Yeah. I'll tell people like, shoulder pain. We should go see this guy. He's a chiropractor. Right. They look at me. I was like, not right. that kind of chiropractor. Right. He's not just right. going to adjust you and say, we'll see you later. Like, right. Yeah. Breaking through that. And mm-hmm. obviously PTs and oh, you just like rehab and stretch people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Athletic trainers. We work people out. Right. Yeah. 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 That's what we do. yeah. Tape them. You tape their ankles. Water. Glorified water boys. Yeah. Right. Oh, just had a, well, he'll never hear this. Uh, Retired returning coach that was confused why the water wasn't fresh because it didn't have any ice in it. And then I proceeded to ask our student, isn't this what you're going to school for? <gasps> oh. Oh, no. So that was a fun one. Yeah. Just, come on. The, the, but yes, it's breaking the yeah. stigma of all these things of like. <clears throat> another stigma is you guys hit on males a couple of times and mm-hmm. a lot of time with women's health. So <laughs> what, what type of. <laughs> symptoms will males present yeah. with <gasps> okay so this is so fun so males have pelvic floors too <laughs> i don't know if you guys knew that or not but they do and um so um i would say uh males also come in a lot of times with bowel and bladder dysfunction so leakage constipation uh without question but just like a woman could have uh, pelvic pain, um, a male can have um, penile pain or testicular pain. And actually one of the primary referral sources of penile and testicular pain is obliques. And so, so as in obliques. And, you know, think of the majority of your collegiate athletes um, and how much they're maybe overtraining their obliques, um, or how short Those super and functional core exercises that they do yeah. on their own. The Jesus abs. <laughs> my favorite. Yeah. Oh my God. The Jesus abs. So <laughs> Look good. Totally yeah. dysfunctional. And giving you testicular pain. <laughs> but again, that's enough to deter it. I think, yeah, I think for most guys, like, all right, 
<laughs> we'll find something else. Sit up it's so testicular pain. <laughs> I mean, just the same as opening that door for your female athletes, you know, um, opening the door for your male athletes too. I mean, do you really feel like any of your athletes are going to come knocking down your door and telling you that they have this weird testicular pain? No, nope, only when they think that something terrible might have happened. Right. But I mean, maybe that's... <laughs> so the, you should probably go see a doctor for that. Yeah. Or a pelvic health PT. Well, it's usually more traumatic, <laughs> yeah, but <sure>. yes. <laughs> so, um, but yes, males have pelvic floors too. And um, they can have a lot of the same symptoms that women can have. Um, and so I actually really enjoy seeing male pelvic patients uh and this is going to sound really bad to my female patients, so I'm really sorry. Um, but males get better faster because they don't have this social stigma that it's normal. And so they usually come in faster. And they will say to me, you know, none of the, what is happening right now is normal. Like nothing about this is okay <laughs> and you need to fix it. <laughs> and they will do what I tell them to do. And if, I mean, if I told them to drink purple Kool-Aid, they drink purple Kool-Aid and they <laughs> want it to get better. And so it is really fun to work with male patients too. Um, so yeah, That's I think awesome. that um, mm -hmm. it's like two different things, two different stigmas with that too, right? Like women think that it's normal. Um, so it's uncomfortable to talk about because they don't want to be the only one dealing with it or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, or they think it's normal. So it's just a sentence that they have after kids, whatever, like we touched on earlier, but then males, there's this, let's not talk about things yeah. or, you know, totally. There's the whole other No realm, idea what you're talking so. about. That doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, so open book. Yeah, nice. all the I, time. That's the, I would describe you that way. Yeah, <laughs> I figure most people in my life would. <laughs> Not at all. No, so I'm glad you brought that up, Kyle, because we have been, you know, giving women the props here. But um, I think it's I think it's good to for people to know that these things can also happen to to men. Cool. Mm -hmm. So, what's up? We can we can cover more too, but one thing I did want to know, and it's one of our questions, and we we kind of hit a few of the questions, but within this realm uh, of this topic on kind of pelvic health, um, what is one thing that people could do that is like it sounds all very complicated? Like you mm -hmm. said, it could be tight, it could be loose, it's weak, mm -hmm. you know, all these different things. Sounds complicated. What's something that people can do to enhance their public health that would be relatively simple? One thing. Schedule an appointment with Jill. What did you just say? Schedule an appointment with Jill. What are you going to say? Breath. Oh, I would say that. <laughs> um, that's what first came to my mind, except for we watched that movie Explained, mm. um, which is a documentary on the female orgasm. Mm other night and so I would honestly say like breath for sure but while you're breathing do a little bit of self-exploration and figure out what's actually happening down there love so. it that takes breath too yeah that takes breath um yeah that's probably one of the most common things I recommend mm -hmm. to patients other than breath is just actually learning more about your body so that you become comfortable it becomes less shameful when you go into your appointment that you're going to schedule with Jill so you said a documentary, but like books or resources that you would give people kind of related to this, if it's one of those things, like they're trying to break their own stigma. Ooh, that was a really deep breath. That's a good question. Well, like we mentioned birth fit multiple times. Come As times. You Are is a really good book. Have you read that? No, it's on my list. Come As You Are explains like, so there's this notion that, well, just kind of like the documentary, there's this notion that women are supposed to just be as easily, uh, turned on and then the ability to orgasm as men and just it's a whole different intricate system with different yes everything. sounds like another podcast mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah happy maybe one. one of those explicit ones yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah i would i would recommend reading the book come as you are or listening to the book come as you are it was good um 
I'll touch on this really quick, but I put a question out on Instagram of like, what questions do you have on pelvic floor dysfunction? What are you suffering with? What do you want to know? And I was super shocked with the questions I got. Almost all of them were, is it normal to have never experienced orgasm or is it normal to not orgasm during intercourse? And I was like, holy shit. I didn't, I was again thinking more of a different realm. So that book explains a lot about like, pelvic floor dysfunction, but also why the female body works the way it does and how it's actually pretty common to not orgasm from just intercourse. And um, it's okay to talk about that too. And there's a ton. It's it's a good book. I like that one. So I'm going to say that one. I will have to get back to you. Everything that I'm thinking right now is anatomy books which might not yeah, be the I mean, most <laughs> might not be a bad thing though yeah there's also the book woman code um which explains a lot about how to work with your cycle rather than work against mm-hmm. your cycle so you can learn a lot about your body and just your hormonal health that way too so like i have a, a ton library. of I, it's a it's a problem <laughs> So we're going to start using the library more instead of just automatically ordering on Amazon every time I see something that I want to read. I don't like that idea. <laughs> I'm the automatic order. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm my so wish excited. list has got to be like 350 deep really? of books. Yeah, just, I'm going to die no with such a long book list because I just every single time I go to an event for BirthFit or I go to anywhere, like whatever people are giving me more books to read. My subtle ADD has got six, like four or five going at one time. Cause <laughs> I can't just sit down and plow through one. Yeah. Yeah. It's understandable. So, um, I, we could on the BirthFit Wisconsin page, we could make a list of our favorite public health idea. books that we like. Speaking idea. of, um, Jill and Shannon, Reiki master, Shannon Amberg and myself. Well, I'm kind of just introing it. I'm going to be the MC. Um, are doing a ins and outs of sex workshop. So maybe we'll record it. I'm sure that's like coming up. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure Thursday, if this will be week from tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know if this will be out by then, but it's um, awesome. I love the name. So you, and outs you, of sex, how long will chill. the workshop be? Two hours, two hours, six to eight on November 1st. Cool. At Cooley health. Nice. And we're gonna and there's gonna about... be lube and there's gonna be chocolate. Yep. And what else? One more thing. Handouts. Handouts <laughs> with sex positions on. <laughs> with sex nice. with pictures. pictures of sex positions. Also, Jill's standing room only. Jill's computer may ha- oh or may God. not have a venereal disease from the searches oh she was doing earlier for, <laughs> for this. Awesome. So we, I was trying. We can't do to that be... at the university. You get flagged. Oh. People have questions about stuff. So we gotta save that. <laughs> I was trying to create a handout and, you know, wanted, I was started typing out the descriptions and then I, I was like, no, I just need pictures. Oh Lord. <laughs> I, and I like would click on Google images and it was, it looked like a totally appropriate image and then like pop up, pop up, pop up, like exploded. My it's like, really? when, you, it's no like when you go my to dicks.com and so dicksportinggoods.com. <laughs> That happened. Once. I I really think I cleared my history, and I really think I got it all off. But I am just like, <laughs> like I if I'm given a presentation someday, and that stuff pops up. <laughs> oh oh just man! Like, just yeah. make sure you have your Wi-Fi off. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So that being said, come to the workshop so that you don't have to search online for those yeah, things right. yourself. We'll I will give them to you. We'll do a shout out for that. Filtered to sure by the pelvic. If yeah. we don't get this out. Filtered. filtered by the pelvic. There's and no filter computer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We also learned from that um, documentary that the sex toy industry is a $15 billion industry Ooh, last year. Was yeah, that last year? I think so. So we know you're doing it even if you're yeah. not talking about it. Mm-hmm. So Aubrey Marcus, who created on it okay literally started his career off by selling sex toys that's how he like awesome. jump-started wow. his yeah. whole we could make like the perfect we could ergonomical there you go sex toy right here in west salem wisconsin boom thanks joel for and then the start idea. a multi <laughs> we'll give you a cut joel. A million. there you go royalty we'll phase. name one after you yeah <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> 
And then Joel's career how went real your, sideways. How, how do you say your last name again? I don't have one. <laughs> the the Lou The Lou what? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> oh, no, <boy>. no. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. would, <laughs> would you purchase purchase under $100? Would that be one of your recommended purchases? That was a purchases? really yeah. good transition. Yeah, yeah for sure. Could have got yeah. sketchy. <laughs> yeah. I would say so. Mm-hmm. Uh, based Definitely. on what my recommendation was even. Mm-hmm. Cool. Definitely. They actually make ones now that um, <laughs> that measure and um, type. Like there's different types of a- orgasm. So they measure the orgasm and they can like provide you feedback about what's happening. Weren't so, they, didn't they keep that data too? Yeah. Well, to you can choose to. Yeah. Ooh, that's cool. They did. I was like. Yeah. Just can biometrics. This is a business data. expense. Yeah. Uh huh. $200 mm-hmm. business expense. It's for science. Mm-hmm. It's for science. Anyway, yeah. But I mean, there needs to be more research done in their own. But yeah. So anyway, yeah, I would say. So purchase under $100 would be. Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> What would my purchase be under $100? Yeah. If you, like, that has the most influence in your life. Like your, your you practice or personal Practice, life. anything. Either. It can be related to any topic. Ooh. Like people have said wow. foam rollers, kettlebells. I don't know. Um, I don't know. What'd you say? A, a sex toy. That was our segue. I don't know. You, you, ag- you agreed now. with me. Yeah. It's in anything sex else. Toy. We will probably not be linking that up in the show notes. <laughs> There's actually a really good... What's <laughs> it's the first the, time I've heard you say that. What's the... Um, <laughs> I just couldn't see my Amazon search. Yeah, right. <laughs> the same thing will happen to my no, computer. You no, can, you can link it to what's the site? What's the store? Oh, A Woman's Touch. A Woman's, Ooh, a woman's Touch. Okay. Dude, I will give them a plug. They are donating amazing mm. to our event. There you cool. go. It is an adult uh, pleasure shop, but they have a very, very strong... They actually... The owner is an MD. One of the owners is an MD. And they have a... um, That's where I send all of my patients for any sort of device or tool that they need. um, And for resources. Uh, That's... Talk about a book list. They have a book list on their website. Too. Oh, sweet! A woman's touch in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm, but they have a they sweet. have great um, online shopping as well, um, and they are wonderful. If you have any questions whatsoever, they will kind of coach you through what to purchase. Nice, that's sweet. So we haven't done it yet, but I'm planning on taking a business trip there one day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Science. Also, so, on the way to the take Macy the pod- Gray concert. Yeah. We could take the podcast equipment and do a podcast with them That'd be if cool. you want us to. I mean, unless you want to come. Magicians around, too. Get it? Maybe we should oh, change. my God. The puns. Now, <laughs> now, I, now I feel bad that we called ourselves the magician, magicians because males have a public floor, too. I think we can yeah. save that for the off audio okay. to come up with that nickname. <laughs> yeah. Jill doesn't, Joel. Jill. Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see it spending a while. Edi- <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this is our world. Yeah, welcome, welcome to our world. Cool. Anything cool. else? Yeah. Good. Do you guys want to cover? Um, no. I mean, I would say to just watch for we're putting out more and more events and mm-hmm. building our BirthFit package. Where can people find both of you locally and obviously um, on the interwebs? O'BrienPhysicalTherapy.net. Um, dot com was taken. Blast. BirthFitWisconsin.com. Um, Jelly, you can share your Instagram. What do you mean? have one? Instagram. What's oh. your Instagram handle? I don't know. O'Brien mm. Physical Therapy. Mm-hmm. PT. PT. Just it's a whole link. O'Brien PT. No, it's JCOPT. Oh, that's your personal is one. Is my personal one. Yep. O'Brien Physical Therapy. O'Brien Physical Therapy. Erica's going to teach me a few things about Instagram. Yeah. There you go. Um, and then Birthfit Wisconsin on Instagram or Cooley Health or mm-hmm. Imam DC. Mm-hmm. And we have Birthfit Professional Instagram now too, so Ooh. you can follow us there. There you Which go. I'm now part of. Yeah, nice. yeah. Cool. 
Well, thanks, ladies. Thank you, guys. Thanks Thank for you. listening to us. Of course. Anytime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Peace out. Thank you for checking out this episode of Clinically Pressed. Go to clinicallypressed.com for full show notes and links to everything that we covered in this episode. While you're there, you'll have full access to all our episodes, insights, and shorts. You can find Clinically Pressed on YouTube or any podcast outlet that you use. If you could give us a rating, thumbs up, or a review on how we're doing, we would greatly appreciate it and heard it helps out quite a bit. To get more free content delivered straight to your inbox, sign up for the Total Athletic Therapy newsletter at totalathletictherapy.com or clinicallypressed.com. You'll get direct links to all the new Clinically Pressed episodes, reviews on some of the latest research in health and performance, and links to related podcasts and other items meant to help you make the complicated, simple, and optimized performance. Thank you for listening, and see you next episode.